0: This is deep dish, right? Yeah, well, let's get deep. So, so I'm, I'm going deep on both sides. Councilwoman Hurt, how you doing? Welcome to the platform. Good morning, how are you? I'm doing amazing. Good. Glad to have you here. Glad to be here. Um, You know, I'm going to go ahead and just give your flowers right off the jump. Uh. <laughs> just for everything that you have put in for Nashville, uh, middle Tennessee, the work, the people you poured into, poured into me. You know, back when I was a young boy, you know, twenty-one, twenty-two, with me and my daddy had the barber college. Yes. Um. And so I just want to just thank you and get your flowers. Uh. Probably enough people don't tell you that. Um, so I'm gonna tell you. Don't make me cry. On on camera. Um. And then as just as a, as a black woman doing it too. Um. You know, as a black person, but that woman is another layer. Yeah. That I would never fully understand. Um. As a black man, that you have other barriers and hurdles and trials and tribulations and social constructs that you have to battle and still persevere in spite of. Right. And so uh, thank you uh, just for your work and uh, your continued support of just people and community. So thank, you, get, thank that you. Off, get that off the way. That's beautiful.
1: Thank you yeah, so much. I appreciate that. No, no,
0: you're welcome. Uh, but you are now running for national mayor 2023. Um, how are you feeling about it
1: right now? I, I feel great. I feel wonderful to have such an opportunity mm-hmm. to be able to run. You know, um, I I tell people that even though I'm running for that particular seat, Mm -hmm. I'm not necessarily running to be mayor, but I'm running for Nashville. Mm -hmm. I'm running to make Nashville a better place, making it the best that it can be. Because I think we have so much opportunity here, and and we have hope and prosperity, and we want to see it reach Every block and every community. Right. And me being there in that office will be one with lived experiences mm-hmm. that can share that and push things in the way where we can be more inclusive of all Nashvillians.
0: And so let's, let's just get into some of your qualifications. What make you the best qualified compared to your uh, opponents to be in this seat? Because there's a lot of y'all. I was like, you know, 30 of y'all. I don't know how many. <laughs> but what, what separates you from the rest of your opponents that you feel that potential voters need to know?
1: Well, you know what? I, would, I mean, there are several things that I would say, but right off the bat, I would say that I'm the only one who has run countywide and won both for council at large, mm-hmm. which is not easy to right. do. And in the last... Uh, council-at-large race for the uh, general election, I was the top vote-getter. So, uh, 47,000-plus people, more than 50% of those who voted Mm -hmm. said they believed in me. They cast their vote for me. They also uh, talk about the work, as you said, that I've done at junk. Mm -hmm. I started and I worked there for almost a a quarter of a century, Mm -hmm. where I did economic development, Mm -hmm. community development, advocacy for the Jefferson Street and surrounding communities for North Nashville. Basically changed that entire uh, corridor in the way people saw it, Mm -hmm. invited folks there. Um, I have done... uh, Shuttle service, transportation. I had a youth program and enrichment for the youth. You know, focused on the seniors. Just so many things that I've done. I created Jump into a uh, a certified housing and development organization was a part of neighborhood stabilization. Sure. I've been on the ground doing the work. I work with the people. I have lived experiences. But something else that I say that is really interesting and in, in how it makes me qualify more so than others is that I am from Memphis, but I am been a resident of Nashville for 40 plus years. Mm. I graduated from Tennessee State, but I also graduated from Belmont. I live in Bellevue, I work in North Nashville, but I've lived in Bordeaux and I've lived in Madison. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about a balance, and I've worked in every quadrant of Nashville, North, South, East, and West Nashville. And I believe having that type of balance is what it is that we need. Our communities have such uh, disproportionate um, things that when it comes to access, resources, health care, right. all of those things. So seeing the balance and how it can be and how it should be for all Nashvillians is that perspective that I bring that others do not bring. I've, I've served on several um, predominantly white organizations where I've served as their first black president mm-hmm. of those organizations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also have national experience. I'm the immediate past president of a national organization Okay. Uh, the of, lec- of black elect- elected officials. So just some of those things, I think. But more than anything, I am a leader. I right. am a An executive. I have led organizations. I worked at Meharry Medical College uh, for 20 years before I started working at JUMP and I ascended up and became Director of Admissions and Records. So I've led people. I've been a leader all my life and I believe that is what makes me different from others. I I want to unpack this blackness
0: a little bit because I just think we have to. Um, Nashville has never had a black man. Mm We've had a woman man, but never had a black woman. black man or black woman man. Right. Um, I know it's you, and then Natasha Brooks are the only two black candidates running. Well, no, um, there's Fran Bush. Oh, uh, Fran Bush, Fran she's... Bush. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I forgot about Fran Fran Bush. So it's three black women mm-hmm. actually that's running um, mm-hmm. for this candidacy. Well, I
1: know that Vivian Wilhard has also said she mm-hmm. was running, although there has not been an. Official okay announcement
0: okay so three official announcements right. though. uh Natisha uh, friend and yourself right um what does that mean um or what would that mean to you and what would that mean to Nashville to be the first black person and on top of that first black woman mayor to lead Nashville um what does that mean to you
1: you know what that is a it's a bittersweet feeling that I have, uh, sweet in the sense that the opportunity has presented itself for that to happen, but for us to be just now in 2023 and we've had a black president and a black vice president of these United States of America and a progressive major city like Nashville Mm -hmm. has not, it's it's sad because we talk about progression Mm -hmm. and and being progressive and I see progression all over the city. That was the one thing that uh, I fell in love with when I first came here as an 18-year-old going to school. But when you unpeel Mm -hmm. uh, peel back the onion, you see that deep down that there's still that uh, inability to really embrace the black community. It's been more of a tolerate the black folk as opposed to celebrate black folk. And I believe, however, that it's an amazing opportunity for me. I've had uh, 15 nieces and nephews to come to Tennessee State University, and I've Mm -hmm. had one to come to Fisk University that I've brought into this city and not to mention those that are in my family and all of these young girls and black kids around that they realize that they can be what it is that they see. So with me being that person in this position, Mm -hmm. I think it means um, so much to the black community. And, And actually... I don't think that we're going to get the types of things and understanding and access to resources uh, until someone of color is in that seat. Someone who understands the plight of the black community.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, it kind of speaks to just the whole inclusion and equity. This whole, these buzzwords right, right. now, like many people are using. Um and I want to just kind of speak directly to this because since we have we haven't had a black mayor in Nashville, um, you know, and that might just be due to just playing out anti-blackness, you know, that we that, that we know that we experience throughout the country, right, uh, in the United States since we got here, since black people been here and got here. Um, what would you say to those voters who may just purely um, discount you? Mm-hmm. Due to your blackness. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm not gonna sit up here and act like you know, that's not gonna be a case mm-hmm. for you, for friend and the tissue.
1: Mm-hmm. I would say believe. Mm-hmm. You know, if you would just only believe right. it can happen. Right. In fact, I believe it will happen. This is a spiritual journey right. for me. Many people didn't believe what was going to happen with the two Justins and the mm-hmm. Tennessee Three last week. Right. And then they may not have believed that they were going to be reinstated, but they were. You know, that's the thing. Uh, I don't believe in miracles. I depend on miracles. Mm-hmm. And I know that this is one of those things that can happen. Right. In fact, you can look at the data. Right. So, of the voters voters in Nashville, Mm -hmm. black voters are 32% of the black vote. Mm -hmm. I believe that uh, Mayor Barry received about 22% of the vote to make it to the runoff. So even if I don't get all of the black votes, if I get 25% of the votes, Mm -hmm. I can make it to the runoff. But I also know that I have other people who are not black who will support me and have surrounded me. So I think that I have probably the most electability of all the candidates to win. So if you put the numbers mm-hmm. to the paper, you will see that. That's what I would tell those black voters. And also I want them to know that this is really not about me. Right. This is about them. This is their opportunity. When they vote for me, they're voting for themselves because I have those same lived experiences. I have that same uh, past where there's been discrimination. Mm -hmm. I have the same past where we've been disenfranchised, dismissed, discounted, marginalized, overworked, underpaid, used, and abused and neglected and mm-hmm. all of this is time out for that when I served as president of the National Black caucus of local elected officials my my motto was education excellence and equity an elevated collective because we've got to elevate black excellence mm-hmm. when you look at Tennessee State University having one um, Grammy Awards and the only other college that has won is Fisk University right down the street and they did it back to back where both of those colleges are right here in Nashville right. we've got industries here healthcare, education mm-hmm. um, healthcare, education and music mm-hmm. In all three of those we have strong prominent black presence there And I think that we have missed the opportunity. Nashville has missed the opportunity to really celebrate the black excellence that's here. This is our time. You know, the Bible says that the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And I think it's our time, and if we miss this opportunity, I'm not sure that it's going to come anytime uh, soon Again, because if we understand what's happening at that state level, they're not only dismissing black people, but they're dismissing uh, middle-class people, those legacy residents that have been here. And my purpose has always been to preserve the culture of this community, to preserve the black community in North Nashville and preserve the honor and the and and the 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 legacy that we stand on um
0: let's 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 dive into the issues that is facing nashville right Right. and 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 i want to give this opportunity for to to unpack these things Mm -hmm. kind of one by one and kind of what would be your role uh if elected mayor in kind of getting these things where they need to be Mm because there's so many crises right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um i think the most one of the most prominent ones is just housing Right. right? right right um I don't know how many units we need now, 30,000, maybe 50,000, to just put the, just to, to alleviate the crisis that we're in. Right. Um, as mayor, what would that look like as far as um, funding, you know, affordable housing, um, alleviating this crisis, public, private relationships, all these things that I know a mayor has to figure out a balance to move the city forward when it comes to housing specifically. Wow. Unpack that for us and kind of your vision or plan um, for that.
1: Okay, so let me let me just say first of all, housing is a problem all over this country. Right. It's not unique to Nashville. So I think all of it kind of starts with our planning department, where we've allowed developers to come and create. So many developments. We've got gentrification that's been coming, and I worked really, really hard not to have the Jefferson Street community gentrified. But, but it is. It is being. But I believe that the work that I did uh, slowed and delayed some of that uh, uh, gentrification that was coming in. But for me, I think we have to make it a priority, and we have to use the funding that we do have. Like we did use funding to give to the Barnes Funds. But the thing of it is is that there's just so much that those organizations can do. So for me, I would go in Habitat for Humanity, can build a house in a day, we can get crews, and we can reconvert some of these schools, these vacant schools, and put them into some homes. Put teachers in there, give them some incentives to be teachers, to stay with our school systems, and for them to be able to afford. I would not only build affordable housing, but attainable housing. Meet people where they are and ensure that they are here because we got too many people voting for their voting with their feet. And then, you know, when we had the tornado, you saw so many people were renting in North Nashville who did not have a place to go. Because once the the landlords got their insurance money, they were able to rehab their homes and then start charging market rate. You can't really blame them for that because everybody is trying to have a quality of life and make money.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: I think that we have to be intentional. I love what Dr. White at MDHA is doing mm-hmm. because his projects start with 50% uh, affordable, mm-hmm. then 25% workforce housing, and 25% marketplace housing. And I think that that's the kind of thing that we need to do all over. i also take some of the malls that are closed, the strip malls, and even some of the larger malls and use those buildings. Because many of them are still on good solid ground and and maybe have a place for entrepreneurs like yourself where you could have your business downstairs and you have a residence upstairs. You know, and create that and, and use that. We've got a lot of land. Mm-hmm. we got vacant land, and, and we can put things there. I know we see that state prison out in uh, Office of Centennial Boulevard, and it has been vacant for decades. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's some place that can be utilized to create housing for those who need it. Right. So I think we have to be innovative in the things and creative in the things that we do in order to make sure that we pre- Provide those houses, so it's a matter of right. of, of prioritizing, right? And I think we got to slow down some of this development and focus on preserving the homes and the rights of those who made Nashville the it city.
0: Yeah, and I, and I think I think preservation is a good word because how do you preserve kind of the soul and kind of the history of Nashville? While also understanding that we're moving in the direction of growth, we're still eighty people a day are moving here. Um, so that change is going to come, and change is you know it's good. It comes, right. You know it comes with pros and cons, but there are pros to Exactly. As as mayor, how do you? What would be your message to people? how how would you? What, was that? what would preservation look like?
1: I think that's what we got to do. We got to send a message. We got to educate them. Mm-hmm. Educate them about the greatness. Tell people about J.C. Napier. Mm-hmm. So, you do you know J.C. Napier? Yeah. Do you know that he was a, a treasurer? Yep. The United States He's treasurer? treasurer. Mm-hmm. But there are so many people that don't know that. They think that J.C. Napier was somebody who built the, the uh, public facility. Right. But they don't know that. J.C. Napier, Preston Taylor, Joe Johnston, all of the John Henry Hale, Mm -hmm. some of these people that names that they hear all the time, they are historic Mm -hmm. and those places were made when they were built they were built with pride mm-hmm. because of who these people were and what they stood for. Right. You know, J.C. Napier and Preston Taylor were part of that group who started Citizens Bank. It was the One Cent Bank. Yeah. And it's still the oldest bank in the in the country that's still around since 1904. So, those kinds of things, we have to celebrate who we are and educate people about the black excellence that we have here. Um, and that would be my message. Okay. You know, people love to talk about Jimi Hendrix and how he was here. And they don't know why and how he was here. All right. He was in the Army. And he served in Fort Campbell. Mm-hmm. And he came over to Jefferson Street because Jefferson Street was a wonderful place. It was booming. It yeah. was booming. Mm-hmm. Thriving with economy and all of the doctors and lawyers. See, mm-hmm. Alexander Luby and all of those people who were making it. You know, you hear the stories about Dr. King with the civil rights movement and all of the things that they did. And that's why I love Nashville because, you know, I'm from Memphis and there's a, um, and Memphis is a blue blue collar city. Mm -hmm. You know, you learn how to work. And you work hard, get your hustle on, right. but you use your body from the neck down.
2: Mm.
1: Whereas in Nashville, you've come here and I've seen them use their bodies from the neck up. Mm. So you sit at the table and negotiate. You don't stand out in the street you know, and negotiate. You no, know they say people in Memphis come to
0: Nashville to shine. You
1: know? Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> but see, but the thing of it is that that, that you, you learn to survive. Right. in in Memphis. So you come here, and you see opportunity, Mm -hmm. and you you go at it. You know, it's like, it's no shame in my game. I'm going to work as hard as I can to accomplish. When I got here, I saw hope and promise. I'm like, oh my God. I'm looking at all of these professional people mm-hmm. from Meharry Medical College and Fisk University. They're telling me that W.E.B. Du Bois was there. And I'm like, these are people that I've read about in books. Yeah. You know, the National Black mm-hmm. Anthem. Right. James William Johnson's house is over here. Right. What? Yeah. You know, that pride. all that pride. And mm-hmm. I absolutely love it. And I've seen how they commercialize Bill Street. And I didn't want to see them do the same thing to Jefferson Street. That's why I think it's so important to preserve it. And the the key is the are those historically bad colleges that are here. And I would and I think that is the glue for us. Black Enterprise used to uh, post the five top cities for black people to live. And it was always Atlanta, Memphis, Birmingham. D.C. Mm-hmm. and Nashville was family. Mm-hmm. And why? Because we've got four HBCUs. There, there's no other city.
2: I'll
1: Atlanta lie. used to have it, but Clark, Atlanta merged together. But we are one of those two that had four historical black colleges. So you've got a base of okay. uh, middle-class people of black people Mm -hmm. who are educated because of those institutions being here. So they've done well, been able to purchase a home, starting an opportunity to create wealth. That's the difference of what we see here. Whereas in Memphis, you've got educated people and folk that go back, but you have a larger base of those who are below the poverty level of A&I. I want
0: to go ahead and pivot straight to this. Um, Black businesses, the small businesses. Uh, since we kind of own this theme right now, uh, we have an organization here, Corner to Corner, right? Uh, which is an amazing organization. They focus specifically on getting uh, black-owned businesses here in Nashville thriving. Mm-hmm. You know, they're trying to get ten thousand in ten right. years a theme like that. um And the mayor is kind of pivotal to making that happen. Identify opportunities. Um, for, for marginalized folks, minorities, people of color, sp- but specifically black folks because right. we represent the majority of disenfranchised right. people right. and the lack of opportunities and access right. and then equity when it comes to that. Um, and we thought about some ways, especially being with Jump, you know, me and CEO and Vonda, how can we create more opportunities and in, in work with like corner-to-corners and things like that to create these opportunities and access to build this wealth to start these
1: Absolutely businesses. I have. That's the work that I did at JUMP for mm-hmm. t- almost 25 years.
0: You intentional about it.
1: And right? I was absolutely yeah. intentional about it. I worked mm-hmm. day and night mm-hmm. you know for black business when I got and you know me working as a public servant leader it was a natural foreway for me to go into because I knew that we were going to have to have policy mm-hmm. in order to help do the things that we need to do. So that's why I was the sponsor uh, of the Equal Business Opportunity to provide more equity uh, in minority contracting. When I got on the council, I was like, okay, God, I need, there's two things I'm praying for. The first thing is that I want people that look like me to become millionaires. And the second thing is, is don't let me cuss on the council floor. Because you know, I am will cuss in a minute and I just have to make sure that I I, I hold my mute. And, and that didn't happen. I did, But, you know, sometimes you have to emphasize right, right. But absolutely, I have been focused on black businesses. And the one thing that I feel that we can do, if we give the small businesses the same type of incentives that we give to these big businesses, mm-hmm. They can do so much more with them because that's where the backbone of our workforce lies in these small businesses. So I will use some of that funding that we give to the Amazons and the Oracles of the world and make sure we pour that into these small businesses. and and give them what it is. Because the problem has been is that we've not had access to capital. We've not had access. And then when it takes overhead for you to be able to establish yourself and startup funds are good, but it takes five years typically before a business is stabilized in order to stand on its own. And I want to make sure that we give those businesses the, the, the footing that they need in order to rise above. So I will definitely, that's been my life's work. You know, my mother and father both were entrepreneurs. My mother had about four businesses. Mm-hmm. She was a real estate agent. She was an insurance agent, uh, a notary public. She used to do, uh, was a, a hairstylist, a beautician. That was what he called yeah. it back in the yeah. day. She was, she was a hustler. She mm-hmm. did, did people's taxes. Mm-hmm. You name it, she did it. My daddy used to have a service station along with his nine-to-five job, even though his job was Three D was his his job was three D eleven, mm-hmm. you know, and right. it just occurred to me recently, Jerome, how so many black men had to work second and third shifts, mm-hmm. and that was a part of the system too, right. to keep the families. Handicap, right. because if the daddy was not in the house and how things were not being able to handle then the discipline for the kids and I want to restore every family I want to restore that black man mm-hmm. and that presence and the man has to have what he needs in order to provide right. for his family right so we've got to work on those workforce development pieces which you know I had a workforce development program at JUMP. Mm-hmm. And and the other thing is that I found out at JUMP is that the reason why people could not get jobs is because they didn't have driver's license. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have driver's license because uh, they didn't have a job and couldn't get their child support paid, so they would take the driver's license and all of that. So it's a vicious cycle that kept them from doing it. So we created a driver's restoration program, Mm -hmm. driver's license restoration program, which was going really, really well. But the new mayor that came in at that time decided that they were not going to keep that workforce development program. I think what they wanted is to keep 37208 Mm -hmm. in that unemployment rate, in that high incarcerated rate. Mm -hmm. I think all of that was systemically designed. And that's the thing. So, because I knew that I couldn't help those businesses if we didn't help the the homes and the residents behind, around it, because resi- retail follows residents, right? Right. So we got to make sure that the people that's going to support those businesses have the things that they need. So that's why I spent so much time trying to work with the the people, that I, I was on a board at Matthew Walker. so. I, looking at the disparities. So that is the other thing, the perspective, when I'm looking at is the disparities of our health care. Why is it? Because people didn't have access to health care, they didn't have access to good food, they didn't, were not educated about the things that they should or should not eat. You look at the Kroger, now it's a little different now, but that Kroger never had a, a, a salad bar. Mm-hmm. They so never, like the the road. one on road, they mm-hmm. never had a salad bar. They've done some changes because the demographics around it has right. changed. Yeah. But you know there it used to be a, a community garden where Kroger sits right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and it was uh, sold another store that was across the street on the um, the southeast corner mm-hmm. where the museum is now. Yeah. that used to be farmer's market. Mm. Not the open air yeah. market like we see, but it was a store called the Farmers Market, and they we used to get a lot of the old Kroger products right. in there, and and that's the store that they had. So people didn't have access to good food. They were selling them uh, a lot of things that were bad for their bodies. So people, it's about habit, and right. we have to change those habits and educate people about a better life. And then when you get to be in a leadership position like mayor, that's when you can actually see the change. You see the way that the president is and the things that he wanted to see done is what we have. And the same thing happens in cities. It's about the leadership.
0: Public safety. Policing. Yes. It's been a theme, the fund of police. Um, people on different spectrums, mm-hmm. the ideas of what police should look like, um, throughout the country, but right. even more so in Nashville, right. Davidson County, um, with SROs and all of these things. Um, and it's even more heightened when you have mass shootings that mm-hmm. affect mm-hmm. you, that are in kids, uh, youth, and kids. Um, what are your thoughts on policing? Um, and what are your thoughts on the job that Chief Drake has done thus far under the appointeeship of Mayor Cooper, mm-hmm. um, the Mayor Cooper administration, in, in public safety in Nashville today?
1: Okay, so, again, here's another one of those balances. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what Nashville has to do is bring that balance. We cannot have the disparities and disproportions and all of that. Did find the police... I don't necessarily think that we have to defund the police, but I also don't think that we need to militarize the police either. I think we have to make sure that we keep that balance. I think there needs to be community policing, meaning that we got to work with the community. I think that the police need to respect the streets. Okay. And the streets need to respect the police. Okay. And how do we do that? We got to spend more time together. Mm-hmm. We've got to have, and that's one thing that I really do like about Chief Drake and the things that he's done. First of all, him growing up in North in East Nashville, mm-hmm. and 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 going to school in North Nashville, and he's got other. Uh, police officers that he's putting in positions and leadership positions that the community knows. Mm -hmm. So you've got more respect there. They're spending more time in the communities and making things happen. I like the fact that Chief Drake is listening to what he's hearing and how we've got to Focus on some mental health, but we've got to do some of the things that they're doing. But in times like what we saw unfold before our eyes a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. at Covenant School, you, there it is no doubt that the police stepped in and made every person in Nashville very proud of the way they handled that situation. How do you, how do you feel specifically about um,
0: po- having more police in schools? Um, it's for people who may be listening, and may not know, right. it's our school resource officers, are police officers, um, and it's a, um, a memorandum agreement between MNPD and MPS. Right. Um, MNPD pays for these officers to be right. in our public schools, not elementary schools, but middle high schools. Uh, but our private schools, right. like Covenant, right. you know, don't don't have that memorandum. They they can get security they want to or whatever, but they typically don't have police officers right. or security in their schools. Um, But there has been much debate even prior to this mass shooting of um, police Police officers, officers, SROs being in schools in general. Some people are like, ah, I don't know if I want, especially my black child, my black boy, in the interaction with police officers in school. Some people feel like, hey, you know, a lot of stuff is going on. I'd rather them be there. Uh, Some people feel like, hey, let's invest more in like a therapist or counselors uh for that social emotional learning exactly. aspect. what what I think I think that don't really I, I, I,
1: I don't I don't I don't understand why we can't have a little bit of all of it mm. you know I, I mean my mother said it's better to have and not need than to need and not have right okay so I get that part of it but I also have experienced firsthand a school resource officer who abused his job as a a school officer, because here I am, a black parent that come into the school for my daughter to see my daughter, and he had me do things that I think were excessive, mm-hmm. to the point that I ended up uh, writing a complaint against him, because and he knew who I was, mm-hmm. but it was because of the color of my skin. Mm-hmm. So I think that people are who they are, and they will use and abuse some authority that's given to them. Right. I also think that we are unfortunately living in times where we've got school shooters, where we've got these kinds of things that are happening. And while we might need some mental health uh, specialists in the schools, we need them outside of the schools too. So the continued uh, 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 care that we have with the uh, police department and sheriff's department and DA and some of the mental health co-op and just the, the group of people that we are looking into that the police is doing across the city, I think is a very good thing because we need to talk to one another. We need to come together because we're better together. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think it all depends on where we are and what it is that we do. I hate the fact that they took prayer out of schools and brought in guns. I mm-hmm. think that's where it all started. Mm-hmm. And uh, those kinds of things, we have to look at it. For many people, it may not mean much, right. but for me, it means everything.
0: Right, um, and education in general, right? It's just, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a hell of a balance because you got the public safety part, but then you got the education part and everything gets polarized and you know, education shouldn't be polarized and brought into politics. It should be, hey, we want kids to be safe, protected, and we want them to be able to learn at the highest level without without having to worry about all this extra political stuff. And, and they can't vote. Absolutely. <laughs> and they can't even vote on these decisions. Um Gun control, red flags laws. And let me preface this because people may not understand uh, a lot of times of like what mayors can and cannot do.
1: Right.
0: You all cannot create these policies and these laws and things. We cannot. Even you know. <laughs> after even
1: after you know. the covenant shooting, right. I really I was so angry about what was going on. Mm-hmm. I typed in and, and sent a letter saying that I want this. I want you to put it forth whether it passes or not. Mm-hmm. I know it may not have any teeth to it but I found out that we were prohibited from even suggesting and putting any kind of law Forward, as it, as it relates to gun laws. Right. So we, you know, we do what we always done. We gonna get what we always got. Right. You know. So if we're not going to address these things, mm-hmm. now we know that here, right? Recently, the National GOP has had some concerns because of all the negative publicity that has gone out against Nashville and the state of Tennessee mm-hmm. as it relates to the Tennessee Three and the fact that the Covenant should all of this under this. Uh, Covenant shooting tragedy Mm -hmm. And they would instead of Try to look at some ways To have something with some Common sense laws Mm -hmm. They decided to go Just the opposite and instead Of uh, putting a ban on assault weapons They assault these two black men Right. And I just think That it is unconscionable That they would do something like that But it shows us who we are dealing with and my angelus says when a person shows you who they are, Mm -hmm. believe them. So we have to unify and come together in order to fight those kinds of things. If they put people back in office or put people in office that is the same in status quo, they're going to get the same in status quo. That's why it's time for a change. Why we've got to have something different and say, listen, we are rising up mm-hmm. and we're coming in order to make a way for us to have a legacy right. and build wealth for our home. Right. Because you all took that from us many, many years ago. Right. Um, but we know we can come back from it. We, because if you up, can have you know, it, you know what I'm saying? Right. If you know how to get it. Because, you know, we know how to make a way out of no way. Right. That's all we've
0: done. <laughs> that's all, all we've done. That's right. Um, if elected mayor, how do you use those grassroots connections, right? That you've been able to f- formulate? Because this this is important to me too. Just as a, just as a person that understands the work of the different type of work of somebody that has boots on the ground experience. Somebody who just maybe just have you know political experience. Somebody just might have administration experience, right? Um, you know, you have all the above, exactly, right? And I always believe, and when I think of the mayor's office, I always believe it as a as a as a as a as an administration that's supposed to be able to bring community together mm-hmm. and be able to allocate these funds to people that are already doing the work, right? Right. That's I feel like it was
1: one of the Absolutely. main jobs of the mayor. How do you, how, how do you do that? Listen, that's all I've done. <laughs> I'm grassroots myself. Right, grassroots. That's going to grass tops. <laughs> okay, and 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 the thing of it is, is that you know, you for you to say bringing groups together. I remember that the former mayor, Bill Purcell, wrote me a letter of recommendation uh, some years ago. And he said, this is before I even got into office. He said that there are very few people in Nashville that can bring folk together. And Sharon Hurd is one of them. Mm. And, and and it is so very true, I think, with the Jazz and Blues Festival and right. Bridging the Gap, where we had downtown Nashville meet uptown Jefferson Street. Right. And as I said, I've lived in so many different parts of this country city and done those things. But I think we have to start. I think and believe in going from the bottom up as opposed to from the top down. I, I am not a, a Harvard uh, pedigree, but I'm a Tennessee State mm-hmm. pedigree. I'm yeah. a, I'm somebody that knows that if you want it done, you got to get out there and do it. I'm a one that's going to deliver mm-hmm. on what it takes for us to make that happen and know how to bring people together in order to get it done mm-hmm. in a smart and efficient and effective way. And and, and these kids are so smart. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised. You know what? My whole campaign team, basically, what I, I should say, at least 80% of them are less than 30 years old. Mm-hmm. But they are smart. Women, I got some Fisk students that's working with me. I got uh, some young folks that have graduated from college, some with master's degrees and just a wealth of experience and doing so many different things. I've learned that a good leader Mm -hmm. surrounds him or herself with people that are smarter than they are in order to get it all done. And we need People with all different types all right. of experiences as well as personalities, in order to get the best up of, of it all. And,
0: and, and this is gonna kind of hit home for you. Where I'm gonna go down. I don't know if it's official. You maybe you can let us know. The council. Come on, hit home now. You
1: know I need to play softball. <laughs> I'm <was> <laughs> the shortstop. All right. The, so the,
0: the council, the slash. Uh-huh. You know, from forty to twenty, uh-huh. um, the whole redistricting and what that may look like. Uh-huh. Now, um, now we're gonna go into a master class with people, you know, who may don't understand or understand how this may be affects the mayor's role, right? right? Um, it may be if you, I'm, I'm put it in my words. If you are, you know, oh, not so, not the strongest mayor, mm-hmm. right? It may be, you know, you can convince 21 out of 40 people maybe to, you know, vote something into a policy or do this or do that, you know. It doesn't even have to be the same 21 people, you know. However, if that's cut in half, trying to persuade or get 11 people out of 20 is a little challenging, a little different challenge. And you have to be, I believe, not just a strong man, but a strong leader in order to get things pushed through council, at that point, mm-hmm. um, what are your thoughts, and how do you believe your not only your leadership experience, but your council experience, benefits you um, as probably um, making these decisions when it comes to possibly being the next mayor
1: of Nashville? Okay, okay this get, is a masterclass. Okay, course. now I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to you, Rob. Right. So, I think the first mayor of Nashville said that this was uh, 40 jealous whores. Mm. Okay. Uh, And therefore, he was able to do whatever it was he needed to do as long as he gave those that he needed to vote the way that he needed and wanted them to vote. I look at it differently. I am a two-term council member at large, and I have witnessed 39 brilliant individuals in that council. I will lean on them. They're the ones that's got the boots on the ground. Now we know that the structure of the Nashville Metropolitan Davidson County Mayor's position is a mayor structured. Mayor-led city. It's a mayor-led, structured city. But what I would do is lean more on my council Mm -hmm. because the council works with the people. Mm -hmm. And I think that we are better together. And we need to make Nashville a better place. Now, I am grateful that the judges upheld the injunction that Metro Legal pushed through. And and I was not for us offering any alternative because I believe that if we let the state come in, mm-hmm. tell us what to do, they're going to keep coming in and telling us that it's like a bully. You know, if you really know that you're afraid of them, they're going to keep on taunting you. And I was not for that. I was going to stand up to the state just like I did when the Comptroller came and told us that if we didn't do... uh, Pass a thirty-two, at least a thirty-two percent budget. They were going to come in and possibly take over the council. And I stood on the floor and told them, "I don't take kindly the threats. Right. We don't need to have this bully, mm-hmm. autocratic uh, uh, government mm-hmm. trying to tell us we are built on a democracy.
0: Right. And supposed that's something
1: we're supposed to be, mm-hmm. and that's something that we should respect. Right. So I believe that instead of me trying to use and and, 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 and and exercise so much authority over my counsel, I think that I probably could get a little bit more be- done mm-hmm. by working alongside of them. Again, I'm going to go back to my mama. She said, you can catch more flies with honey than you can with vinegar. So use that tactic and what it is that it takes. And I think that's the way we get more done. If we all working together, people buying into it and feeling ownership of what's going on in Nashville. This is because of us. The cities are only as good as their People right. and we've got some great people in Nashville, and we need to celebrate them. No matter what, I'm gonna tell you what my real goal is to do, Jerome. What's that? Is you know Abraham Lincoln says that you want to change the government opinion, you got to change public opinion. Mm. I want to redefine what minority is. When people mm. hear minority, they see it as race based. I believe it's need based. Mm. Right. It's that veteran that's looking for a job. Right. It's the disabled man that need housing. Mm. It's that woman who's been working all of her life right. for the state, mm-hmm. but she just doesn't have enough insurance to take care of her sick child mm-hmm. because sometimes you know especially those that may have some real serious diseases you can stay there for a week and it's a $100,000 right. Okay, right. so it's that mother that lives in Madison right. who's trying to take care of her sick child of course it's the LGBTQ plus community the black and brown communities mm-hmm. but it is all of us who are in need at that time Right, That is the minority, as opposed to them thinking that it's only black and brown people. It's all of us. And the way that they're doing things, they're pushing out our working class and middle class people, right? But it's more of us than it is those that can afford the 500, 600, half a million, two million dollar homes. And so you bring up
0: some good points, and I just got to just hit it hit it where it need to be hit. Um, systemic oppression. You know, um, some people, you know, especially in the, I would say in the, in the Laker positions, um, don't even like to use some of these type of words. don't even like to call out white supremacy, anti-blackness, systemic racism, rooted in uh, systemic oppression. Um, and I know you're not one of those people. I've heard you call those things out on the floor, <laughs> uh, just in everyday life, uh, because again, you lived it, you witness it, and you have just been a person of the people um, that needs that have been affected the most by these things. Um, how do you still con- continue to do that um, if elected mayor, um, and how do you affect systemic or break systemic change? Um, through the mayor's office, because I think cause, that, the systemic part, I think everybody needs to understand, that gets away from, it's a, a, a white person's problem, a black person's problem, an um, API problem, a Latinx problem, um, systemic fact any and everybody, maybe on different levels, but it hits at everything.
1: It's all of us right now when they don't want to pass some common sense gun laws, mm-hmm. okay? that it's all of us who are at risk of our lives that that's it the thing of it is because i mean i'm an older woman so you know i would not be in this position if this was not an anointed and appointed assignment for me who would sign up to be persecuted pretty much like what justin Pearson was saying No one is asking to be persecuted. We're here fighting for those who need our voices, who need their voices to be heard through us. Right. So I'm basically just the messenger. And growing up in the 70s, like I did, and you say it's systemic oppression, I didn't even realize that I was being oppressed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I was just going along with the flow. Right. Whatever I could do, I couldn't do. We knew that there were boundaries. Right. But when I became an adult, actually when I went through Leadership Nashville, that's when I really realized <laughs> that, because they did this test and said, well, if you've ever been to this, then You know, take a step forward. And if you didn't take it, take a step backwards. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm all the way back back here. Mm -hmm. And these people are here. I didn't realize that. Okay. Because we were doing better than most people in our community. So we thought we were. Right. Right. That's our
0: perspective, right? Exactly.
1: It was our perspective. So I think that we must be unapologetically who we are. Thine own self be true. And that's who I am. That's who I have embraced. And that's what I've done as a mayor. I'm a, well, let me speak that into existence. (laughs) uh, That's what I will be as a mayor. Let me just tell you this little short story. So when I was growing up, my mother, I told you about all the jobs that she had and all the things that she did. But she had an office, and behind her office in the strip mall was a row of bungalow houses. Okay. And those houses did not have air, they did not have heat. Some of them had doors that were hanging off. The floors were had holes in them, and it was families were destitute. Mm-hmm. But one day, my mother brought one of the little girls home. And she gave her a bath, washed, and fixed her hair, went out and bought her some new clothes and gave that little girl hope. It was on that day I learned that I needed to have compassion for those individuals whose lives have been hit with a backhand slap. Mm. It was also on that day that I could never be separated from the values that my mother taught me.
2: Mm. So
1: that's the reason why I do the work that I do. But but I don't but I understand. Mm-hmm. That's what has kept me and the work that I've done as a public servant leader, what I have done as a council member, and what I will do as mayor. And I will make sure that I instill and restore hope and prosperity on every block in every community. Right. Okay? But that doesn't have anything to do with me still knowing and understanding where I came from. And knowing that I can bring others up in doing so. So that is the motivation and the inspiration I have. Being in a position like that I can make life better for so many other people. And today, having that oppression Mm -hmm. is not again about race. It's about needs. Mm-hmm. So we have to look at it and meet people where they are. I'm, I serve as the executive director of Streetworks. That's an organization that focuses on the prevention, treatment, and care of individuals who are, uh, are infected and affected by HIV and AIDS. Mm-hmm. We also have a robust uh, serene services program, which is Needle Exchange, the first certified in this state. Mm-hmm. So, and let me tell you something. We don't just have uh, these pickup trucks coming from Hickman County right. or Dixon County. We have some Jaguars that come from Williamson County. Mm-hmm. We got brand new Camaros right. coming from Williamson County. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, Maserati that come from Sumner County, mm-hmm. right. and Audis that come behind that door that back building right. and, and go on about their business. Right. Since they say we're in Germantown now, nobody really knows and understand now when I was here, you know, Rosa Parks or 8th Avenue was never Germantown. Right. On the other side. Yep. But, needless to say, mm-hmm. so my whole point is, is that there are people no matter their race, mm-hmm. creed, None of those things matter. Right. And what we focus on is meeting them where they are, giving them what they need. Right. And that's what I will do as mayor. Make sure I meet those people where they are because I believe every person deserves the quality of life that they wish to have in this city, no matter the zip come.
0: We talk about quality of life and so this 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 has to be um I guess a pillar. I think it should be a pillar for anybody that's running for mayor. And if it's not, it's a red flag to me. It should be a red flag to anybody else. Transportation. Yes. Because it's tied into affordability, in my in my estimation. Transportation affordability. Um, you know, we had a referendum in 2018. Mm-hmm. You know, that failed. Um, I think it was a lot of things. You know, Megan Barry and the scandal, and then. Terminologies, people not understand the are messaging, the, the messaging, all of that, all right. of that um, went, in, went into it. Um, you know, um, if elected mayor, you know, you will have a lot of power when it comes to maybe another referendum, dedicated funding mm-hmm. uh, to transit. Um, it would be great for you to unpack that and, and let us know, is dedicated funding something that you're for? Um, and how do we, you know, or are there other solutions, right? To fix our transit uh, crises here in Middle Tennessee, Nashville, Middle Tennessee area, um, and and I think personally, maybe that's what. To be a world-class city, we have to. I think we're,
1: going to have to day, oh, we're gonna have to fix this. Oh, we're definitely gonna have to fix that. I mean, we we are yeah, major league, and absolutely we uh-huh. do. But you know, I'm a I'm a simple kind of person. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a common sense individual, and I'm gonna just I get things done. Right. I deliver it. I'm just right. gonna I find this, the problem. I find the solution. Uh-huh. Okay, and that's the thing. You got to get to the root of it mm-hmm. before you can get to the fruit of it. Right. People need to, you know, I pick people up off the bus stop and taking them home because it's been a hundred degrees. And some of these older ladies out here that I know, Miss Meredith, used to work over there at TSU in the cafeteria. She's standing on there with uh, three and four bags of groceries. It's a hundred degrees outside. I, I pick her up and I take her home. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Yeah. So, so so. But here's the deal. I'm also, this is over here on Jefferson Street, but I'm also in Bellevue and I see big, long buses coming out there and it's two people on the bus. Mm-hmm. So, I think there's some simple things that can be done. Mm-hmm. Like, we can reduce some of those buses that come all the way out there and, and put some some vans mm-hmm. or some smaller buses there. I think that we can change the times, flex times, and work with corporations to say, listen, not everybody have to come to work at 8 o'clock. You have one ship that comes in at 7, some come at 8, okay. some come at 9, some come at 10. I think we can work with the school system and say, you know what, let the young kids come at 7 o'clock. Okay. And then the older kids can come later right. because they can stay at home and, 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 and get themselves ready where the young kids need the parents there. Right. So they get the kids to school and get to work. You know are you are you for dedicated funding for transit? Absolutely for dedicated funding for, for transportation and we'll also go out there and seek more funding. I went to DC with Mayor Carl Dean when he was getting trying to get funding for the amp that they wanted to come down west end and I was all for the amp because you got to start somewhere right. we needed to do something to address our transportation and traffic problem right. so I was all for the amp because listen I live in Bellevue but I had a daughter who was in school at Hillwood one who was in school at Hill and Fogg, and one who was in school, and Martin Luther King. And I used to come straight down West End trying to get them all to school. Drop her, get her, drop her off, then go back and get this one up. They also swam. The uh, younger two were swimming more because my older daughter, mm-hmm. by the time she got to the 10th grade, oh no, she can't mess up her hair. Right. So she was, you know, I had to, she had to stop that swimming. She started playing basketball. But those other two were swimming. At 5 o'clock in the morning, I had to get them to swim practice, uh-huh. go back and get my daughter, take her to school, come back, pick them up, and go and do all of that stuff. But it was a straight shot down West End, and it would have saved me so much time, mm-hmm. effort, money and gas and wear and tear on my car if there had been the amp that went from west end and took them all the way to downtown so i was for that and it had to start somewhere and once that shown that it was effective and an efficient means of it then we could have come to jefferson street or over to charlotte avenue way we do it is we gotta try a little bit before we can expand the whole thing. Right. And maybe if people saw some relief at that they would realize it because now we're at a point that it is just ridiculous. You can't have an accident on on the interstate. It'll take people two hours to get to work right. or to get home right. from a little fender bit. Right. And I, and I think... Um, and by the way, that federal money was approved by Secretary Fox at that time, but because the community decided right. no, we weren't able to get
0: their funding. And, right. and, and, and so, community may not know this, so I'm uh, I'm inform them. So, with that dedicated funding, um, which we have to vote on to get from the federal, you know, um, is different things that comes that funding comes from different taxes. So one of the taxes that people always worry about, especially homeowners, right, is that property tax which is, would, would, would be affected if it were to pass the referendum. Correct. However, the only other solution that a mayor could make to get the money for transit is a property tax, which people don't want. So I just want to put that out there for people. Uh, and that, let me just you know, tell you
1: about property tax. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people think that the property tax is directly taxes on their houses. Meaning when we had that 34% property tax that it was going to be if they got a $100,000 house then they got to pay hundred taxes on $134,000 mm-hmm. that's not the way it worked it was a 34% tax increase on the rate right. which is totally different so instead you might have been spending $150 on taxes but with that 30% or 34% tax increase, then instead of you spending $150 on your taxes, then now you're going to be paying $185. Um,
0: Potentially as a next mayor, say we have a referendum
1: Hmm. and it fails again, what steps would you take? Like I said, we're going to make it simple, Mm -hmm. you know, in terms of, we know that, 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 the 22 bus in north nashville is probably the one that's used the most it has the largest uh ridership and i will make sure that the bus is going there in plenty of time it's running frequently enough to make sure people are able to get on the bus and get where they need to be i'll probably put in some more bus stops because some folks have to wait for 30 40 minutes on a bus stop to get where it is in fact dr david Paget and Tennessee State has a GIS program that he's been monitoring the buses and the way things have gone. I would work with him and find out and address all of these issues. We got a lot of good things that are happening right here in this city. We just have to tap into them and use those things. I'm not an expert on all of the things. In fact, none of the candidates are. That's why we got to rely on good people like you and all of these people in Nashville in order to make it work and execute those things. And and, and, I'm, right. and I'm just telling, just something as simple as re- taking those big buses that I was talking about uh, in Bellevue, mm-hmm. and all of these kids that's going to school at MLK and Hume Falk who cannot get a school bus to take them, get a, a spot where you pick them up, and you run two or three buses right. to get those kids there as opposed to the parents all trying to get the kids to school at the same time, eliminating well, 150 cars off of the roads. Well, you know, the, the,
0: the big thing always in this city right now is like
1: money funding, right? Right. And so, but but you know what? Because of that tax increase that we had, the, we're doing pretty well. We, our budget looks pretty good. So it's the dedicated funding mm-hmm. that we will put to make sure. That all of it to me is about the political will of the leader. Mm-hmm. If the political will of the leader is to do development and bring downtown up and make it all this, that, and the other, that's what we're going to see. Right. But if the political will is to make sure that we get out into those neighborhoods, get into those areas that's been disproportionately Impacted, affected, neglected. That's where we're gonna make sure that that happens. Cause when they do well, they all do well. And I'm gonna give you my other analogy about that. You know, I love sports, right. and I love talk about Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. Right. Michael Jordan, we knew he was gonna get 50, 60 points a game. Right. It didn't matter. You want he gonna lay it up? He gonna do whatever? He gonna shoot that thing? Right. All of it. He got the 60 points, but he never won a championship until he got Scottie Pippen in the game mm-hmm. and Dennis Rodman in the game. So this is the way I look at it, Michael Jordan is downtown Nashville, mm-hmm. Scottie Pippen is North Nashville, mm-hmm. Dennis Rodman is East Nashville, Tony Kukoc is South Nashville out there, and Steve Kerr is West Nashville because you know he going to lay in that corner and drop them threes all day long because he right. got it like that. Just like those folks in West Nashville right. got it like that. Right. When you get all of them in the game playing it together, right. that's when you win championships right. six times over. Right. That's when Nashville comes up. Because poverty anywhere is a threat to prosperity everywhere. That's why the best of us got to help the rest of us. And we got to come together and make this happen together. And we need somebody with some lived experiences that can see this and know it. And I mean the history. Because I'm seeing a lot of things now come into play that I saw 50 years ago. Just like Tennessee State Mm -hmm. and the state of Tennessee. Now what are they doing? Developing downtown the riverbank and now they developing the East Bank mm-hmm. and what else? What is that the TSU has that nobody else has? The West Bank. Right. Think about it. Right. That's why they want it. They may not want the school itself, but they want that property over there so they can develop the West Bank. Right. That's what I'm thinking. Right. That's what I'm seeing. You just gotta connect the dots. Well
0: I think too, why 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 this is important. Is it's so many new people that's moving here. Mm-hmm. They don't have that history, right? They don't have that knowledge. They're not in tune. They just moving here because of everything is booming and doing they doing what this.
1: other people are telling them to do, right? That's why we gotta help and educate each right. other right. and let people know.
0: Are you giving them a
1: master? It is right our now? time. It is our time, right? For sure, right? And if we don't do it now, and and the reason why is because the demographics are changing. The population is changing. We are the most diverse city in the state of Tennessee. It's more and more black and brown people coming, Mm -hmm. and as we continue to live, you got more progressive people. You got people that don't think about those Jim Crow laws. You got people that says this is draconian, the people that think that women got the right to, to decide what happens to their own bodies. Right. You got people that don't believe that you know people should be able to go and buy a gun and use it for whatever reason they want to at 18 years old without any training. you got those people that are coming here it is changing and those people who are stuck in those ways are afraid that that is what is happening and you know why because it is right because we are coming up right still I rise right and it's our time
0: as we come to the closing um, I think uh, one of the major responsibilities of any of, of our, especially being a mayor led city of Nashville is the financial, the budget every year, you know, everybody's, you know, trying to get into that budget, um, whether it's go, whether it's MPD for public safety, housing, um, I, I, I think this is a point for voters to know, um, and get an understanding of all candidates' experience with budgets, right? And Cause this is crucial. Anybody that's listening. Right. This is watching and listen. This is crucial because this is kind of where, where the city goes or don't go. Who has the money to do what? Right. How money? How is money allocated? Whether it's right. education, the bars with housing, uh, whether it's public safety. Um, do we go with trends? Like this is where decisions. This is where things are really uh, affected. The quality of life for Nashvilleians and people living here. Um, So can you just unpack that for us and break that down, your budget experience and how um, even just being on the council uh, plays a part in what you would do or don't do potentially as our next mayor when it comes to how funds are allocated and even maybe uh, giving us your top priorities where you believe we need more funding towards um, to kind of move the city forward?
1: Okay. Well, I can. That's easy for me to tell you where I think we need to put more money for it, and that's small minority and women on businesses. Okay. That's been my uh, uh, pinpoint from the very beginning, for the twenty-five years I worked on Jefferson Street to going into the council for the past eight years till today, and I can assure you that is probably going to be uh, that will be my main objective as mayor. Okay. Because I believe that that's where the core of it it has to be in economics. Everybody has to be able to benefit from the wealth of what is coming into this city. Mm-hmm. And once we develop this East Bank that is a huge huge waterfall right. of money that's coming in for this city, and I want every block, every community to benefit from it, right. leaving nobody out. It's time out for that, and I and and the philosophy that Mayor Jackson had in terms of making sure that our people. Benefited from those things in Atlanta is the exact same thing that I'm going to do here in Nashville. Now, as far as the budget experience, mm-hmm. so me running two nonprofit organizations, me running a department at Meharry Medical College and seeing those budget, but that was nothing compared. And I also have a degree. In a master's degree in nonprofit leadership, and I had to take some budgeting classes, accounting classes, and finance classes, and all of that. But it was nothing compared to me sitting on that council and going through that budget for the past eight years. Because you have to learn that budgets in that for the council and for the city is different. All the money that comes, in, most people think all the money that we got coming in here can be spent. If we got a deficit somewhere, well, take this money from over here and put it in there. Why do we have a problem if we're doing so well with tourism? Because the money is allocated differently and you cannot use it. And we have laws that tell us where we can use the money when we bring it in, like our hotel tax. For instance, the hotel tax that's been increased that the state said we can increase in order to use for the stadium. Titan Stadium. The Titan Stadium. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: We can only use that money for that purpose. It cannot be used for the infrastructure. That's why we put in this Nashville Needs uh, program in order to make sure we use that for infrastructure. But we can use it for broadband. And I believe we're going to be able to get some more. And that's good to do that. And it's important. But I think that while we focus on the stadium, this is a $2 billion project, but the East Bank redevelopment is more like a $50 billion Mm -hmm. development. So I'd rather focus on that fifty billion dollars and make sure that my people getting five billion mm-hmm. as opposed to me really being concerned about the five hundred million because that is a huge difference. But I serve on the audit committee mm-hmm. and now that's where I've really found some information out. Because there are pockets and pots of money that I didn't even realize existed. Right. That is being used for different things. That, that we didn't even know. It was all just put in because the the operating budget for the city is massive. Right. It is massive. You cannot actually go through each and every page, each and every, all of that in, 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 in a matter of weeks. That's why the budget and finance chair, it's almost a year long process for them to work <coughs> on and with that budget for them to understand what it is that they're doing. What What are your thoughts on the Titan
0: Stadium and how that will impact Nashville? Um,
1: We're major league city. Okay. We got to have major league things. Okay. We're committed to having the pay. Period. Mm-hmm. The old deal is a bad deal. Okay. And it's. Almost like if you no sense in putting good money after bad money. Okay. So for a new Titan Stadium, I think we will be getting a greater return on our investment. Okay. But again, the Titan Stadium is just a piece of this whole East Bank development. And while we're focusing on that, we are missing this east bank development right. and that's where the real money is mm-hmm. i think we leverage what we have what we know and what we have or have not done mm-hmm. or what the administration has or has not done right. to make sure that we are at the table right. when it comes to this east bank development and get all of that done for us to have more to take care of the infrastructure, to take care of the small businesses, take care of broadband, take care of sidewalks, right. take care of the things that's important. Get the potholes filled up right. and do the things that, that matters most. Make sure we have some housing. Right. Make sure we're able to pay our teachers. We can get our educational system up and where it needs to be.
0: Um, are there any um? programs, new programs or ones that you would want to kind of refurbish that's already in our current mayor administration uh, that you have in mind that you
1: want to implement, um, implement the mayor? You know, I, I can't think of anything off of uh, the, the, uh, the cuff right now uh-huh. that, that, that that you're saying. Right. But I can tell you that Nashville is in a good place right now. Okay. Nashville is doing well. That's why we've got a... Come together, unify our voices, unify our votes, be in solidarity, and make sure that we are able to advance us as the new Nashville Mm -hmm. and take away from the old guard and make sure that we don't continue with the status quo of what it is that we have done for all of these years and use that and benefit to make it even better.
0: I think it's important. You know, I mean, mean,
1: like the bonds funds is a good thing. I know is. that was something that started under uh, uh, Mayor Barry, but I believe that we got to have accountability, mm-hmm. we got to have enforcement, we got to have all of these different things in place. Having redevelopment districts like Jefferson Street and Phillips Jackson's and other. All of those things are good, but we've got to make sure that we spread the wealth. There's got to be more equity, and and, and and What does that mean?
0: That's what I was gonna ask. What does that word equity mean to you? Because I think it means different things to different people, <laughs> and so. Um, so what
1: so is the, what does that mean? So equity means is meeting people where they are, giving them the things that they need so there can be some equitable opportunities for you to thrive as a small business owner, not necessarily giving you equal to what someone else has because somebody may not need. It's just like they they were telling me with the airport. Well, we have, you know, we've gone up. We've got a 100% Increase in what it is that we're doing with minority businesses and 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 we're just doing really great We got an increase of a hundred percent. I said that is really good I'm glad that you increased that a hundred percent, but what I need to know is what you're doing with white Majority businesses because see that means that you could be given five uh, a half percent Right. To minority businesses, and if you improve about 100%, so now you're giving them 1%, that is still not good enough. Right. So I don't want the percentages, I want to see it in black and white. Tell me what kind of money you are doing because what I found is that they may have given. 50 million dollars, but they gave it to a hundred businesses over five years, so that meant that everybody got $25,000. That's no money for you to be able to build your business. So to me, giving you that opportunity and the ability, the resources, in order for you to become a viable, thriving
0: business. So it's sure equity costs something. (laughs) It costs. And we're gonna
1: and we going to and we got to put it there, and that's what is going to be. My main... I didn't realize it until a couple of two three weeks ago that I was in a meeting with this lady that worked at the health department, and she told me, or she told the whole group, that she moved from working in corporate mm-hmm. because I inspired her so because I was fighting so hard for the disparities that mm-hmm. I had seen in the community. Mm-hmm. And she has been working and become a public servant for the past 20 years as a result wow. of that. And I think that's exactly what it is. Because like I said, poverty anywhere is a threat to prosperity everywhere. Right. And and we all do better. When they say that white America gets a cold, Black America gets pneumonia. So if black America is doing well, then white America does extremely well because they already have the lion's share. We've got to bring all of us up. Leave not one community, one black, give everybody their fair chance of having a quality of life and making their dreams come true in this city. Why should the Nashville residents elect you as mayor? Because when they vote for me, it's like they're voting for themselves. Mm. The concerns and the issues that they have are the concerns and the issues that I have. Mm. I'm a deliverer. I I would ask anybody, check my record, look at it. I see what the problems are and I address them. When I did that Workforce Development Program, it was because people said that they wanted to be a part of the Music City City Convention Center. But how are they going to do it? They didn't have a way to get into that. So I went to the mayor and I said, we want to create a Workforce Development Program. We'll take in all the applications, serve as a clearinghouse. And when people want to hire somebody, we'll give them the best top quality uh, quality applicants for that and they can choose. We can ease up that work for them. Mm -hmm. That's how we were able to get 400 people, 450 people hired on that job. Mm -hmm. That's how we were able to get 2,000 people Mm -hmm. uh, referred to training. That's how we were able to save hundreds of thousands of dollars for people with that driver's license restoration program. Because we were changing lives. We were doing it and I am going to, you know, I'm going to restore trust because I'm going to give you the truth and I'm going to be transparent because that's the only way that I know how to be. That's what I've given you as a public servant leader, as a council member, and that's what I'm going to give you as mayor.
0: So people who may, not, who, who, who may just be tuning in, I'm going to go straight to the end of this. What
1: is Sharon's her vision? Sharon Hurst's vision for Nashville is for us to have balance for people who come here, who live here, have the opportunity to fulfill their dreams because their dreams can come true. And I am the mayor that's going to ensure that you have the opportunity to make your dreams come true i'm going to fulfill nashville's promise to everyone
0: how can people reach out to you to support your campaign get in touch ask questions once they hear and see this to maybe unpack some things a little more
1: maybe they you know maybe it's something we didn't get into okay Um, you can you you can reach out to me at info i-e-a-f-o at sharon for nashville sharon f-o-r for nashville because I am for Nashville. It's not that I'm trying necessarily to be mayor, but I want Nashville to be better. Info at SharonForNashville.com. Okay. You can go to my website at SharonForNashville.com. Okay. And all the information you sign up, we're going to need volunteers. We're going to get people to knock on doors. We need people to get out there and vote. That's how we change things when we change it for everyone. This is not about sharing, but it's about every person that's ever been dismissed, discounted, disenfranchised, marginalized, overlooked, underrated, underestimated, overworked, and underpaid. Those that have been used and abused. It is our time. It's time for us to rise up, and I am the leader that's going to make sure that that happens.
0: Is there anything else that you want to just put an exclamation point on uh, as we wrap it up? And you know, I think we, we hit on pretty much anything. But if anything that uh, that we did touch on that you that you wanted to clear up any narratives or anything that you might have heard, seen, just want to address, I want to give you that.
1: I'm, I'm all about the people. I am, am about empowering people. I'm about developing people and giving people the opportunity. And I see this as an opportunity. I'm not the kind to come in here. I, I, I'm not an optimist. I'm a pessimist. I see opportunity anywhere and everywhere. People didn't believe in Jefferson Street, but I did. I'm like, this is beautiful. I think we gotta celebrate what people are doing over here. I went to the doggone. I got courage. I went to people. That's one thing I have to, you have to have courage to go and stand before. I don't have anything to lose. So I will stand up for what I believe in, and I will always, always do what I believe is right. Councilwoman Hurd, I
0: appreciate your time. Thank you. Good luck. Thank you and, so much. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we did this. And I know everybody's going to enjoy hearing this and seeing this. And
1: uh, Well, I thank you for giving me the opportunity to be who I am, to be unapologetic because I want people to know that's what I have fought for. And I know that sometimes people get uh, misconceptions and, and they've heard things or believe one thing or something else, and they never really have an opportunity to get to really truly know their elected officials and i am glad to share i believe in loving thy neighbor as thyself thank you uh everybody go out and vote all right all right